0: Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but have you ever walked into your basement? You walk into your basement and uh, only to find out some of your shelves with some, maybe some old uh, flower pots and stuff, they, they, it's falling off, they fall off the wall, they hit the ground, they shatter everywhere, the next thing you know, you have to get the broom out, get your shovel out, and you're, you're sweeping all this stuff up, you have to throw it in the trash, and uh, you know, it kind of, it's kind of frustrating if you ever had one of those days where that happens to you, right? Uh, and uh, you come along, and you're like, why did this shelf have to fall off the wall? Why did it have to happen today? And so we kind of go through those things. You get everything cleaned up. You go upstairs, and, and you decide, hey, I'm going to sit down and relax for just a little bit. And you do that. And, but you can't get it out of your mind. Why in the world did this thing fall off the wall? Uh, and so you decide, well, you know what, I'm going to go back down and look st- downstairs. And so you get your flashlight out, and, and you go over to the place where that happened, and you, you start shining your light on, the, on that a wall uh, in the basement, and you notice something. It fell off for a reason, because the wall is crumbling. And so because the wall is crumbling, that part holds your house up. And so what do you do? You, the, the next thing you better do is go back upstairs, get your phone out and call the contractor and say, hey, I need you to be able to shore this up, hold this house up so it doesn't crash. And, uh, and so one person I've heard of, this happened to, not the same, but it happened to them and they ended up losing their whole house uh, and, uh, and their belongings were stuck inside. And they said, you can't go back into it because it's too dangerous to go back in there. And, and, and some of you right now are saying, I'm glad I don't have a basement. But, you know, at, uh, at first you may have been frustrated by the shelf falling. That's most of us would be. You may have been so angry that you're just really frustrated. But, but if that shelf with all those flower pots wouldn't have fallen off, you would have never known to go back down and to really look to see what has happened. And you'd have left it that way, and uh, then your house would have been destroyed. Maybe uh, uh, some of you are glad that you don't have a basement like that, but it doesn't mean everybody's going to do that. But It may have been expensive to repair, but you have somebody that comes along and helps you. And, uh, you know, when you think about things like this in our lives, it, uh, it, it reminds you of this, that adversity can become opportunity. And even for a person in a situation like that, maybe you've had some things happen like that and you feel like things have crashed down on you and you say, you know what, Uh, God, how can this be? How can you let this happen? Or how can this happen at this point in time? And and it can be frustrating. But the thing is, is that in that situation, it ends up being a warning of a catastrophe and you're able to avert that warning or avert that catastrophe and move on. Today we're starting this new series, Adversity Becomes Opportunity. And you can say that adversity equals opportunity. And there's a very key scripture for us this morning that right here in the New Testament that really kind of speaks to this in some ways. And it's there in James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. And let's read it this morning. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So most most of the time when we face some kind of adversity, we don't... We don't tend to pull out the party hats, the streamers, and, and eat a piece of cake, right? We don't, we don't tend to do those kind of things. Uh, well, maybe some are going to pull out the piece of cake, but that may not be the right thing to do because what that may be doing is masking the problem, right? Trying to cover up the problem so we don't want to see that and, and trying to cover the pain. But yet, yet there can be some good things that come out of adversity. Most of us don't like that. But there can be some good things, and we just need to be willing to recognize it. And unfortunately, we can be blinded by our own pain and the adversity itself. And we can easily see a purpose uh, and good, the good things that happen to us in our lives. It's not too hard to see a purpose in the good things, right? Uh, so, say so you go to work one day and the boss comes into your area or maybe if you, have a, if you have an office, they come into your office and then they shut the door and sit down. Uh, and uh, when they come in and sit down, they, uh, they uh, have something they're going to say. You know that. It's going to be some interaction and you're probably saying, well, okay, what's the, what, what's the, what are they going to say? We don't know yet. And so, you're waiting. And, uh, and, and maybe they're going to say, hey, look, you've done a great job. Uh, we want to give you a sizable uh, raise or something to that effect. And you're like, hey, that's wonderful. So you, you know that's a blessing, right? We, we expect those things are blessings or, or it could be that they say something different to you. And, and, uh, but usually when the blessing comes, what, what do we do like that? You, you say, God, God has blessed me because of my, my dedication and my hard work and all these things. But what do you do when the boss comes to the door, pulls up the chair, and says, "I'm sorry, but we're eliminating your position"? Well, what what do you do uh, when they when they say something to the effect that uh, you don't fit in this position, your your skills aren't for this area, and it looks like we need to uh, call somebody in for else for this uh, position? A- and you've invested so much. How how can you consider it pure joy in those kinds of situations? Well, well and he asks, you you know, and the, the, the boss comes in and says, you need, I need, you need to pick yourself up at the end of the week and stuff. And, uh, and uh, so, but, but how do you handle these things? And what do you do in these times? You're living in adversity. You're, you're living in adversity, and you're, you're going to do something. You, you have to do something now. And this takes us to this thought, could bad experiences at times be prerequisites for the good God has in store for you. I'm not saying God puts all those bad things in your life. I'm not saying that. But unfortunately, most people don't know, uh, don't uh, want to have to face this thought. And, and I, now I do find it interesting that sometimes people have faced uh, haven't faced tough circumstances in their lives and they make it a long time in their life before they find some, face something serious. And I think that's wonderful. Uh, but, and, but there will probably be those times when they do find something and it's going to hit them in the face as it does at times. And they, and they may be like they've never faced it before. But they have to come to a place where they see how deep their faith really is or how deep God wants to pull them into a good place, into a solid place. And God is still there in that situation with that person. And see, so God is in our lives. And as I said earlier, He goes before us. And yes, He is our roundabout shield. He's there for us. And, but James gives us this word, this powerful understanding here out of James chapter 1, verse 2. And he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why does he say that? I think because his faith ran deep. His faith runs deep. Yes, it's the Word of God, and the Word of God speaks to us. And th- this is where you need to ask yourself one of these questions. Is Could, could enemies and opposition be a gateway to opportunity and promotion in my life? Could those things that happen in our lives like that, could God turn those things around and use them uh, for an opportunity and promotion? And sometimes we are, are, are facing adversity face-to-face. We, we face it, and we can lose track of what God may be doing. We, we don't yet get it, right? Have you ever been in that place? I've been in that place. And we don't quite get it. How, God, are you going to turn this out? And God, is it even possible that you could turn this out to something good? Anything's possible with God. Amen. Anything is possible. And so we, we, uh, we can't really see the blessing uh, through the pain at times. And so we, we can be afraid to consider it pure joy when we face trials. But that's when we have to get on our face before God, interact with Him, and talk to Him, bring it to Him. And, and, and in my early, a story earlier, the boss comes in and says, I, I'm sorry, we're eliminating your position, or maybe. You know, he says, I'm sorry, you just don't have the skills to match a job. And it may be that God's using this time for a couple things. He's building endurance in your life uh, to be able to face adversity. And not only this, but that he may be, uh, he may in time open a door for just the right position for you. God does those things. He can use those things in our lives to open the door. Maybe he wants to place you in a position like you've never thought or expected before. Maybe it's not a a position in the company, but maybe he's going to make you an owner. Maybe he's going to, and you have to uh, know some things and to be able to have gone through some adversity to be able to do that. Most of us have heard of people who've lost a job and then later uh, found another only to realize that it was the greatest thing ever. And uh, the, the truth is, is that adversity becomes opportunity. It's not only about jobs. It's not. I'm using that as an illustration. It's not only about those kinds of things. It can affect every area of our lives. But the good thing is, is if we're willing, God is involved in it. He will work in our lives. I'm not saying he's throwing all the curveballs at you. I'm not saying that he's going to try to destroy you. No, that's not what we're saying here. And so it, it may be for you that you've had a dream to impact a generation, but when you got to a certain place in your life, it looked a lot different than you expected. Don't we all have unrealistic expectations at times in our lives? We do, don't we? It's just a reality, and it's who we are, and sometimes we think it's going to be this, and it ends up being that, but that doesn't mean that God's not working in it. Uh, And you may have have felt like opposition has stopped you from being who you want to be. But shortly, we're we're going to visit King David here in just a little bit, and who was later to be named King David and I'm sure that we could see that in his life as well. We, we do see it in his life. But what you, what you expected and what, uh, what has become of you may be two different things. Even so, take the time to seek the Lord and recognize what he is doing. It's important for us to be able to stay open to what he's saying and what he is doing in our lives. And the the opposition that you face may actually make you into the person that God wants you to be as long as you are willing to yield yourself to his will. See, one of the things that happens to us in our lives is we, we face opposition, we face adversity, and then we do something at times. We run. Now, nobody else knows you run. But, but you run. Maybe you run to do this or to do that. And you have to make sure that you stay open to God and not run and allow, uh, allow him to work and allow him to walk you through that so that you can come out the other side and doing his will and his plan. Doesn't mean once he gets you through things that he doesn't still have to file off some of the rough edges. Have you ever had a rough edge? You know, we just we have some rough edges at times, and God's working in our lives, and and, and He has to file some of those things off, and and, and it's a, He takes us through that process, and uh, 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 some of those still probably remain for a while, and, and opposition and adversity can become a great gateway to opportunity in our lives. You can even, it can even happen in your relationships can happen in your friendships. And, and here's another question that we need to ask. You need to ask yourselves this question. Could the opposition reveal our calling to something significantly different or better? When David, when King David, before he was king, when he was a young man, he, he moved from being an obscure guy out in, out in the pasture land uh, watching sheep to notoriety by slaying Goliath. Uh, and Goliath, he was this guy that he, he mocked God. That's what he did. He mocked Israel and making fun of them. Uh, and, and we'll see it here in First, uh, first Samuel chapter 17. If you, you want to turn in your, uh, your Bible with me, uh, and or it's on the screen for you. First Samuel chapter 17 and verse 4, it says this, A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp, but his height was six uh, cubits and a span. So he's like nine foot nine. He's a tall guy. That's why they call him a giant, because he's big. Uh, verse five says, And he, he had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of, of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. And on his legs were bronze greaves, and a, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. And his spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and his iron point weighed six hundred shekels. And his shield bearer went ahead of him. So he had like a fifteen pound, a fifteen pound iron spearhead. He's he's a big guy. I don't know what he weighed. I know some of the some of those. What was it, Andre the Giant back in the seventies or eighties? He was like five hundred or something like that. He was a big man. Uh, I think his shoe size is 22. I, I don't know what this guy was. He's a he's a big guy. Maybe he's like Shaq. Anybody know who Shaq is? I mean, he, he the great the great basketball player. He's a big man. But but just Goliath's sheer size must have put fear in the minds of Israel and and Saul, who really should have been the one that was uh, was dealing with him. And uh, could you imagine the foot soldiers there with them? In fact, he was. This guy was doing a man-to-man challenge. And in verse 10, he said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. So basically, whoever wins, wins for the whole, wins for the whole army. And if you talk about adversity and opposition, that's what was happening for them at that point. And Israel couldn't even, even uh, think straight because of their fear. They were too worried. What's going to happen? Are you going to do it? No. Are you going to do it? No, I'm not going to do it. Are you crazy? Maybe the two of us can. No, he said man to man. Could you imagine? There probably is a lot of conversation that's happening there with them. And I don't think it's much different for any of us, too, when we face challenges in our lives and when we have ob- uh, 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 adversity in front of us and opposition in our lives. and uh, uh, Maybe if you got a spouse, you may be talking to them and saying, what do you, what do you think we should do? Uh, and so you're trying to work it out or maybe you got some friends that are there with you and say, what do you think I should do? And, So here's this guy, he's doing this man-to-man challenge. In verse 10, he said this, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man to fight and let us fight each other. See, Israel, they just had a hard time with this. We have a problem with this story. We have a problem with it. It's not the text. It's not the scripture. It's not a problem with that, but... Uh, I I can tell you what it is. It's not the story itself, but the problem is us. Because we've heard this story many times. And we think it's for kids. We think it's for young people too much. And we need to see this account uh, for who it's for. It's for all of us. And it's for every one of us. And every one of us face serious oppositions at times in our lives. That's just the way life is. And sometimes that opposition even denies God's ability to work on our behalf. We may say, you know, no way, God can't work here. God can't work in this situation. And maybe that's what the opposition says to us. Isn't that what what happened here with Goliath? He's saying, there's no way. Your God can't do a thing. And, And he's putting himself above God. And sometimes we even allow that to happen in our lives when we reason through things and we say, no, God can't do this. God can't do this in my life. So what do we do? The very same thing that Saul and the rest of Israel did at that point, and they cowered. It's easier easier said than done, right? I can be up here and say it now, but it's easier said than done. But but they cowered, and that's why James said these words. He said... Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. But sometimes people want to run from that because they don't like that, because they don't want that to have to work in their lives because they're not thinking about the end result. Isn't that what happens with us? We don't tend to think about the end result well enough. And the end result is God working through our lives and setting things in order in our lives and helping us. We have to be able to look towards the end result and recognize that God is working something in your life. Tough times like this help us to build our faith in the Lord. They stretch us. Now, stretching isn't always comfortable, is it? Stretching is not—it's not one of those comforting things. It's kind of like God pushes the envelope a little bit in our lives. And during opposition and adversity, God is building perseverance in your life. He builds it in our lives this 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 standoff with Goliath which is kind of what it is would have been would have been here if it would have happened here in the 21st century it would have been a little different right not much different but a, but a little different we know that king Saul probably would have sent his men off had, and he would have sent off their uh, little drones and said, run behind the enemy lines with your drones and see all their positions and, and, and see what kinds of weapons they have. Uh, focus down with your cameras and look to see what they have. And and then they would come back and they'd probably come back with the same thing. He's too big. We're done. That's probably what would have happened. They probably wouldn't have said, well, we're going to cower. They probably would have did it more politically. They probably would have said... In the best interest of the whole group of Israel, we must let Goliath alone. Let him go. See, they saw him as undefeatable. And sometimes in our lives, we see things as undefeatable that we are facing. We see him as undefeatable. Well, Lord, you can't do it here because X, Y, Z. Lord, you can't do it over here because of this, that, and the other. And the reality is, is God can do anything if we're willing to yield ourselves to him and allow him to work. And he may not do it exactly how we want it to, but he will do it. He will work in our lives. And see then that we have to be careful on that unrealistic expectation if we expect to God, God to do it a certain way and it's just a little bit off and maybe it's a couple degrees off and God is doing it and he's got a done thing for us. We still have to be willing to trust him and expect that he's going to work in our lives. Here you go. You got this, this guy here and he's, he, he's cursing God and the people of Israel. Yet David could not put up with this massive so, soldier Cursing God, and, and David's job—he he's the chief, yeah, he's the chief of shepherds, so to speak. He, he watches the she, uh, sheep. I don't even know if we could call him the chief, uh, but but he's out there. He watches the sheep, and while his brothers were the warriors, they were in the the, the army themselves, and, and he was low on the on the on the leadership. Level, if you want to say, and his leadership was simply to lead the sheep to the water, get them to the grass they needed, keep them out of danger, all that stuff. Everything else important was left to everybody else, right? At least that's the way it seems. And and yet in, in times past, David had faced some serious opposition even doing that job. But God used this to build him up for the next opportunity that God was going to give to David, And here are the words to to the uh, reigning, here are his words to the reigning king who was Saul, right? Uh, But who was cowering behind the lines and the Lord had already put a timeline on Saul and said, yeah, you've served, I chose you, but now you're out of here. And so now David comes up and he is respectful to Saul and he didn't want want to uh, see Saul cower. He didn't say anything about that. And so he says this in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34. He says, but, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, rescued the sheep from its mouth, and when I, when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. I think if most of us were watching the sheep at that point, we probably would have just yelled, throw throw stones at the lion or the bear and let it have the sheep that was in its mouth and say, get out of here, you're done. Uh, But that's not what David did. He runs after him. He goes after it. and, And then he fought it and then he overpowered it even when it tried to take control of him. Don't you think he was fearful? I can guarantee you he was fearful but he still ran towards it, and he fought it and overpowered it. I I think David was a normal human being like you and I. I really don't believe he was any different. And sometimes when we read uh, scenarios or situations in the Bible, sometimes we say, well, God did that with Abraham, or he did that with Moses or David or somebody like that. God did that with the Apostle Paul or with Peter, but but there's no way he could do it with me. You are a human being and they were too. God can work through people's lives, and he has a plan to work through our lives, and we have to recognize that God is able to work through us. You know, this, uh, this deadly opposition didn't run over David. It, it took him to a place where he expected God to help him even more. And David could have simply said, God, how could you let this happen to us? How could you let this happen to our family? How could you let this happen uh, to the people of Israel? How could you do this, God? That's your fault because you allowed it. Well, is it? I don't know about that. We live in a sinful and a broken world because mankind is sinned from the very beginning. And because of that, there's a lot of things that happen in this world that we don't get to do much about. And it's not always our fault It can be a lot of other things that we're dealing with. And and here he is. But sometimes we we, we say that, God, how can you let this happen? God, don't you care? If you've read uh, David's songs, you can see all the things that he says over time. And the more you read them, the more you get it. And he did struggle at times. There's no question about it because he's a human being. But David must have been considering the covenant that God had made with his people. And I think that was the one of those things that helped him to be able to stand up and push back. And in our lives as followers of Jesus, we have to go back and step back to the covenant that God has made for us and with us. Look at what he says to King Saul over in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 36. He says, your, your servant is killed both the lion and the bear, this, this uncircumcised Philistine saying, this guy who does not have a covenant with God, this guy who is mocking God, will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. And David points back to his own adversity and opposition, and then he puts his faith into the Lord himself, and he includes the covenant of God That God had made through Abraham that he would be a great nation and is this just a Sunday school Bible story or what it's much more than that friends it's much more or maybe it brings you back to this could could the level of opposition reveal our calling to something significantly better When you face difficult things in your life and when you face challenges, yeah, God wants to help you grow in it. He wants to see you grow grow in those situations. But he may even be using that to put you into another position where you may turn around and bless and help other people too. David faced a bear, he faced a lion, and then he faced Goliath. And I just imagine Goliath was bigger than the others. I don't know if he was any stronger. I have no idea. Uh, but but do, do you you know? I, I think the, the most the most difficult opposition David faced was his long term adversary. If you know the scripture well, you can probably go there with yourself. While right in your mind, that opposition was King Saul himself. And King Saul, God said, you know, I put you I put you in the place of kingship, but you messed up, and I'm taking you out. And, and that, was his, that was a leadership issue, and it, it was there where he faced the most uneasy and un, unsteady part of his life, for David, that is, because he had to deal with Saul, because Saul had become jealous at times, and he, he tried to destroy David, and Saul had disobeyed God, and uh, they had taken the kingdom away from him, but, but Saul didn't give up fighting once David had to uh, move himself out of the way so that when Saul threw his spear to try to pin him to the wall, that he moved himself out of the way to protect his life, and, and, he, and he was okay. But, but, but you, could, you, could, you could even expect what he faced. God helped David overcome the lion, the bear, and Goliath, and those victories really were exciting for us. Put yourself in his shoes. I bet they weren't too exciting for him. Maybe, maybe after it was all over and after the, the adrenaline dropped down and everything, he's probably thinking, did I, did I just do that? God, were you, were you with me here? I can tell you were because there's just no way. I couldn't imagine that. But for us, sometimes we, we put it at a, some level in our mind and we compartmentalize it and say, oh, yeah, that's good and that's all fine and stuff. Uh, but, but it's more than that. And, uh, uh, and God is wants to work through our lives. When, when David watched the sheep, God was building him up with perseverance to do the next thing God had for him. His adversity revealed his calling to become king, but, but uh, even becoming king wasn't easy for him. It, it, didn't, it wasn't easy. God God needed a tough king to lead Israel in the next phase of their existence. And adversity may be part of your life, but just remember it may be that God is using it to make you into who he wants you to be for every one of us. Adversity is not always a bad thing. It can be a very good thing for us. Doesn't mean we like it, but it's good. it can be very good for us. Have, Have you ever watched somebody train for a sport? Especially for those that are pros, but many of the professional sports, they require hours of strength training. That's one of the things they do. They'll do agility training. They'll do certain types uh, of training. They'll run, they'll lift weights, and they'll, uh, they'll do it in ways that a normal, normal person hasn't even noticed before. Uh, but if you look back with, with them, uh, if you look back and you watch uh, them, all this training has something in common for them. It's an element of opposition and adversary, and adversity. I, I remember when I used to lift weights uh, as, a, as a young young person, uh, and they would say, you know, you got to lift so long, and it, it works on your muscles, kind of breaks things down, and then they got you got to give, you got to relax, and then. Uh, and then let it build back up uh, so that you're strengthening yourself. And so it's like a tearing down has to happen to be building up again. And so the adversity prepares them for the next level of performance. And when you when you walk through adversity and opposition, it just may be that God is preparing for you the next level of performance in your life. Don't walk away from it. When it comes, don't throw it off in anger. Don't let it... Overcome you, but let God do the work in you to prepare you for the opportunity that He set in front of you. And some say, "Well, I don't have an opportunity in front of us, in front of me." The fact is, you probably do, but you don't see it yet. You haven't got to that place yet, and that—that's part of it. At times, we have to be able to be willing to follow the Lord through all that. And you—you you know, there was something else God did in David. God also positioned David as a prophet. And we we find that this, he prophesied this about the coming of the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus, and his future victory over the opposition of hell, so to speak. In Psalm chapter 110, verse 1, it says this, And this comes from David, who prophesied this. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand, and I will make your enemies a footstool for your feet. What does God have for you? Could be some really good things. Some say, well, you know, I don't know. I've tripped and I've I've fell too many times. Well, get back up. Keep trusting Him. Put your faith in Him. Walk with Him. Allow him to finish the work that he wants to start in your life. Because sometimes we just we, we fall, we stumble, the 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 adversity is too tough, it's too severe, and because of that we just say, Well, I'm done. That's not the way to, we, we can be. We, we need to allow God to continue to work in our lives. We need to allow the Lord to bring healing in our lives. We need to allow Him to bring us to that next place. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, and it doesn't mean it's going to be fast, and it doesn't mean uh, it's going to take happen in our time, but we have to allow Him to work in us. No wonder the Bible tells us, consider it pure joy, my brothers, and sister, uh, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, if we're willing to let God work through uh, work through the adversities we face, we can expect them to make us closer to Him. Those oppositions can develop us into the person that God wants us to be. He's in, He's taking us through the process, friends. He takes us to the process, and those things that happen in our lives, we don't let them be wasted. Those oppositions can develop us into a person He wants us to be. But we still, in in all of that, we still have to obey, right? We still have to follow Him, and we still have to follow His direction in that. But because if we don't, then we will just make it even worse. It may be that God is working through your life to become more compassionate, it may be that he's making you into a person who is going to be meek. I didn't say weak, I said meek. Those are two different things. Being strong and humble and ready to serve. That, thats Meekness is about that. It may be, too, that if you are willing to pass the, his test of adversity, that he's going to open a door of an opportunity that you never dreamt of. Don't ignore God's work. Don't ignore, ignore his work through the adversities that you face in your life. He can, he can take it. He can use it for an opportunity in your life. But How does he do that? Has to include prayer. And a lot of times it's not just going to be one prayer. It's going to be seeking God. It's going to be, yes, it's going to start with a prayer. Start with a willingness but then allowing him to work in our lives by constantly asking him how do I need to work on this Lord I don't know where you are in your walk with Jesus this morning I'm not sure what the adversities are that you're facing I'm not sure exactly what's happening there with that, but I'll tell you this that God is willing to minister to you and to help you where you are at and he wants to work in your life open your heart to him this morning let him work in you. Let him really start something that maybe hasn't started to the level that you want it to start. Let him work in you. Let him restore your life. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, Father, here we are together in your presence. We recognize we need you. And Father, that is our prayer. We, we know that we need you. That's why we are here. We recognize that you are able to work in our lives even through the, uh, the, ups, uh, the the difficulties that we face, even those challenges that seem to hold us back. Father God, we know that you are able to work in our lives and Father God, we know that you can open up the right opportunities in front of us as we yield ourselves to you, Lord, as we let you work in our lives. Father God, here we are. We ask you to restore. We ask you to heal. Help us to be able to set aside the things that have pulled us down and pulled us away from you and your presence. Father, help us to be able to look to you and let those adversities that are there in our pathway make us into somebody that you want us to be. Father, I thank you. We offer ourselves to you, Jesus. Amen.